Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elgin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Hammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all traveled to a Sawagwin lair along with 13 lizard folk, and you were going here to investigate the Sawagwin because the Sawagwin attacked the Arakokra, and then you went and got help for the lizard folk, and they decided they also hate the Sawagwin, so now you're here. And when you came inside this underwater grotto cave of a lair, uh, there was the smell of lots of death, and you found lots of dead Sawagwin. And then there was a large explosion, and then you got attacked by what were not Sawagwin, but were in fact Kuatoa, wearing cybernetic enhancement armor. And you all managed to stave off a whole bunch of these Kuatoa. You traveled deeper into the cave, and then um, you noticed you were about to get ambushed by more Kuatoa. However, Dr. Shepard, who has a 17 just perception at all times uh, noticed that they were hiding around the corners. You dealt with a couple of them and now you all are standing in this open cave area with a large water pool in the middle. Um, Seconds had passed after that initial battle and a figure, a humanoid figure wearing a black and blue glowing cloak came walking out of a cave across the cave out of another cave tunnel across uh, this cave. And he basically told you all that you have interfered for the last time and that you will not be leaving this cave alive. When that happens, you will see this figure raise its arm. It starts chanting something quietly to itself You see the blue and white runes on its cloak start glowing ever more brightly. And behind you, you hear a shimmering sound. Why don't everybody go ahead and roll initiative? I got a 12. That's going to be an 11 for old Soul Red. 14. And I thought I got an at one. Seven's not bad. Yeah, I got 14. We're all very close to each other. 14, 14, 12, 11, 11. All right, so right at the top of the initiative is the Lizard Folk. We have Sultan and four of the regular Lizard Folk warriors who remain. The four Lizard Folk are standing with their spears drawn, ready to strike, and are staring out across the pool at this figure, which is about, oh, I would say just about 100 feet away. Sultan is standing with all of you, and um, he is much taller than most of you and taller than all the other Lizard Folk and is still wielding uh, that very, very large kind of bladed club. And he's going to go, "Uh, Who's that? Who is he talking to? Why is he talking like that? And he's pointing at the figure who's mumbling to themselves. And behind you all, that shimmering noise, there is an invisible barrier with a slight blue shine has appeared behind you on the cave. And it is actually just a couple inches directly behind Whiskey. And Whiskey, you can actually feel magical force emanating off of this uh, barrier directly behind you. The lizard folk are going to immediately start charging forward. Two of them are going to run around the right side of the pool. Two of them are going to leap directly into the water and they splash down and then it goes up to about their shoulders. So it does not seem that this pool is overly deep as they start wading uh, across. And Sultan is going to go to the edge and go, Okay, everybody, take no prisoners. Kill whoever that guy is. And he's like pointing over at the figure on the other side. 
None of them are able to get all the way across this area in one turn, however. So we will move on to Whiskey. All right, Whiskey, what would you like to do? This wall essentially is directly behind you, and you can like feel magical energy rippling off of it. But it's it's just a wall. It It's not affecting us at all right now? Nope, it is. I mean, just... It's like it's translucent. It is almost invisible, except it has a slight shimmering blue glow to it. And you know you saw the person in the cloak doing some sort of incantation, some sort of spell, and this appeared in concert with them mumbling and moving their hands. Right. Well, uh, make a mental note to learn counterspell, because that would be useful in the future. Um, in the meantime, uh, I'm going to shout to my friends, do not touch this shiny wall. I don't know what it is, and uh, I don't want you to get zapped. And I am gonna, oh, I'm hiding behind everyone. Yes, everybody's currently in front of you. You are the one that is most in the little cave tunnel that you all had traveled through to get here. I also will mention real quick, there is only one more of those glass tubes left that had the weird brain parasite things uh, incubating inside of them. It's only one of them that was not destroyed by your fireball or other uh, damage from the battle before. I think what I am going to do is I'm going to cast Firebolt and I'm going to need to I'm going to need to move and I'm going to I'm going to get close to my friend Sultan and try and cast a Firebolt at that fella across the way. And I should have enough movement to hide back behind my friends again. All right. So go ahead and cast Fireball and roll with disadvantage. So that is going to be a 16. So as you go to fire the Fireball, it shoots directly across the pool of water right over the lizard folk's head. And it goes right towards where this person is standing. And you see their body shifting in time in front of you, not not very dissimilar to that of a displacer beast, and your firebolt seems to pass right through them. Oh, hell. He's gonna be a slippery little son of a bitch. Alright, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hide behind my friends again, and, uh, let them know that, uh, this feller, he's, uh, he's gonna be hard to hit. Alright, then we'll move to info, and, and real quick, Shepard, you have the 18 passive investigation and 17 passive perception you notice that hovering just ever so slightly behind this person's cloak is a shoulder width large blue floating ethereal shield does not seem like it's attached to them but appears to be just floating you know inches behind them that's something you can tell with with between your dark vision and your very high passive perception info and rodney are going to follow along behind the lizard folk there, and we're going to make our way over to uh, the soloist from the Blue Man group. And as Info is walking along, he's like, Time to kick it in the high gear! He smacks his uh, fists together, and it activates his signet ring that he's been wearing which has the infusion of Spell Refueling Ring. So for his action, he's going to recover one expended spell slot. And that's his, that's all he's doing. He's getting ready to rock and roll. Okay. All right, Dr. Shepard. If I were to just glance around at my teammates, how is everybody looking? I don't remember. I think, I think we may have, uh, between... Info and myself, I think we may have healed everybody. If you were to rank Soul Red on a scale of one to sixty-five, <laughs> she'd be a yes, sixty-five. Please. So, which is good. Okay, so I'm looking around at my party. I think they're uh, they're feeling pretty good. So uh, I can go into damage mode then. Um, I'm actually out of first level spell slots, so I will be shooting off. A, um, I want to use my guiding bolt kind of X-ray uh, gun. I'm, I want to aim for that 
shield behind him because after seeing Whiskey's Firebolt, uh, seemingly it looked like it was for sure about to hit. And then it's like he phased right through it. And uh, after seeing that shield thing on his back, I've got a hanker in that that may be to blame. So I'm going to try to um, pop a guiding bolt off at that. Okay. Yeah, looking at it, you see it like it's like the the cloak and everything is just like phasing in and out of reality. Like it's flickering. Now, if I shoot at that, do I have disadvantage? Because I rolled a 23 at first. Yes, you do. So, yeah, attacks against uh, this person do have disadvantage currently. Oh, 13. So much worse, Jeremy. 10 worse, some would so, say. Yeah, you cast this guiding bolt, and just like the firebolt from Whiskey, it goes phasing right through this person. And your accuracy was on point. It just goes right through them. I'm going to I'm gonna say to uh, the others telepathically, there's, like, do you guys see the shield on its back? It's like a ghost ghost shield is that what they're called ghost shields you know you guys know what i'm talking about probably go for the ghost shield that's what i was aiming for that's why i missed <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't aiming for him i would have hit him for sure mm-hmm. trying to hit the ghost shield dr shepherd why don't you make an insight check a 13 you notice once again with your very heightened perception and the incredible 300 foot dark vision um you see hanging off of this cloak are these long black tendrils and on the end of them look like almost like spiked teeth. And you are fairly certain this cloak is made out of the skin of a displacer beast. Oh, you know what it is? It's a displacer beast cloak. That's why I missed. That's why I missed them. So maybe we need to get that off of them. If anyone's getting close to them, if anyone's getting close to them, just try to try to yank that off. Do we need to do a like a check to know what a displacer beast is, or would we know that? Well, I th- I do think um, because of kind of the areas they inhabit, and Doctor Shepard being a um, a lithid, I think Doctor Shepard might know what a displacer beast is. I suppose it is possible some of you have encountered them before as well, but um, seeing those like tendril like tooth tail things coming off the cloak, those I mean without doubt are the same type of things that are the twin tails on a displacer beast. I'm just going to assume everybody knows what a displacer beast is when I say that. I mean, it's kind of right there on the tin, right? Just like, you know, it's a beast. It displaces. All right. Soul red. What would you like to do? Um, I think I'm going to just go up and smash this last canister, right? Cause they've got the little creepy dudes in it. Yeah. The uh, brain parasite fish creatures are in it. Are you going to just like hop down into the water, which is shoulder? Did you think you could maybe just reach over and just bonk it on the top? (laughs) That's how I was kind of picturing it. (laughs) How big's the hammer? I do have, I mean, a mall technically only has five feet of reach. So I don't know. Do you count that? Would you count that as uh, being able to reach that? Otherwise, I'll whip out my crossbow if I have to. Yeah, I don't think you can. Reach it without getting. We can't. We can't just leave one canister intact. That would be. That would kill my OCD. That sets up for the sequel, though. Yeah. Let me. Let me see what my. I'm gonna do my spell cannon pistol because it does more damage than my crossbow, theoretically. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring out my spell cannon pistol. Maybe I'll back away from the water's edge just a smidge. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, let's see here. That's plus four. Yeah, literally give it a shot. <laughs> that's that's a, a ten. ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How's that feel? <laughs> Fuck you. Let's D&D. see. Glass in D and D has an AC of thirteen, so you miss. Well, lucky for me, I have extra attack. Why does Soul Red even have a crossbow? Can I shoot a spell cannon pistol twice in one round? Or has it got a reload property? Nope, it does not have reload because it is a plasma pistol. Magical plasma pistol. Well, how about a 15? All right, a 15 will hit. 
that is a seven uh, for damage. Radiant. All right. So, yeah, you fire the first time and it just misses. Um, the second time you aim a little bit more evenly and it shatters the glass. And that, too, has been shattered as the bits of glass fall to the bottom of the pool with the rest of it. Yeah, and there's oh, lizard yeah. folk in there. I feel so. like there's a lot of shattered glass in the bottom of this little <laughs> water pool. They're going to have to tread like <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, I think that's it, because I, I have pretty low movement, so don't think I can go much further than that. All right, we go to Ava. Ava, what would you like to do? Um, was I able to tell when Solrid shattered the glass whether the brain thing inside was okay and just is in the water now? Or uh, So it shattered and there were splashes and it's no longer visible. You do know that the fireball probably disintegrated the other ones, but uh, the plasma shot might not have. <laughs> oh, no. oh, Lord. They were also still in, in a... Uh, what incubatory is that a word an incubatory phase so it might not be f- developed enough either but uh it might not have died you're not sure oh lord okay well i don't i can't think about that right now because there's a man with a stupid <laughs> cape and that i need to deal with so i'm gonna i think just take uh my full movement like i don't know i guess around the hold on around the thing so that gets me what like 23 and then that gets me 25 that's 50 and then I actually could I get all the way up to him I don't think so uh I'm gonna go to I'm not gonna take my full movement actually I'm gonna get as far as this sort of little uh alcove here so that I can kind of flatten myself against it. And I think I'm just for now going to take the dodge action until I can get closer to him. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Okay. So then we will go to the cloaked figure's turn. He is going to hold up his wrist and you'll hear his voice in perfect common say, Lord Norlethotep. It seems the Admiral was right. Those underlings are poking their heads around where they don't belong. Send me reinforcements. And as he says that, uh, you will see multiple red shimmering lights appear around the room in various locations. And before your eyes, you will see multiple uh, planar gates open up as uh, seven Kuatoa wearing cybernetic armor suddenly appear. The small planar gates close and all seven of these Kuatoa are wielding the plasma rifles, just as the ones you fought before were. Um, he's going to then kind of just start laughing. <laughs> like I said, you will not be leaving this place. And uh, he's going to slowly retreat backwards. And you notice as he retreats backwards that uh, two little regular Salaguin will come wandering up in front of him, kind of blocking the pathway. Now, they, they're not wearing armor or anything. They look just like the Salaguin you've all fought before, but he is just standing ever so slightly behind them with his arms crossed in a very smug fashion. And we will move on to the Kuatoa. The Kuatoa um, all look ready to fight. One of them is only about four feet away from Ava. It's going to lift that rifle up and fire off a shot. Okay. Um, That is only a 12. Uh, That is not hit. All right. So the one that fires right at Ava misses. Um, The blast of energy goes flying just past your knees. Then there was one that had appeared directly between... Soul Red Info and one of the other lizard folk. It's going to whip its rifle around and fire at the lizard folk from behind. And it too gets a 10, which is not going to be enough to connect with the lizard folk. Uh, one of them had materialized in the water. It is, you can see its head just kind of bobbing out, and it's going to also fire its rifle. This time it's firing it under the water. It does much better. That is a 17. 
So this blast of energy just shoots under the water directly at one of the lizard folk, and it is going to connect for uh, 12 damage as it hits one of the lizard folk directly in the back. Um, there are two more Kuatoa on the shore. They are going to also level their rifles at that same lizard folk. They get an 18 and a 14. So the 14 misses, the 18 hits. That same lizard folk takes another six damage. And then the one remaining Kuatoa is standing out on this little uh, piece of rock that juts out into this rock pool. And it's going to actually fire its rifle directly at Dr. Shepard. And Dr. Shepard, that's a 13. Does that hit? <laughs> My armor class is a 13. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. And you get hit for 11 force damage. The initiative will then move on to the Sawagwin. Uh, the two little Sawagwin that had walked up in front of the cloaked figure are going to move forward a couple feet. They are wielding regular primitive-looking spears. They seem to just be at the flank of one of the uh, cybernetic Kuatoa, but they do not advance much further. And you then notice to your right, Dr. Shepard, with your very impressive investigation and perception, the figures that you all noticed upon entering this room initially, which were just kind of these figures standing still, turn, you see that they are also Sawagwen, and they will kind of mindlessly wander up to the shore of this little rocky water pool as well. They also seem to be wielding spears, but all the Sawagun you've seen do not look overly fierce. If anything, they look kind of zombified, just kind of like walking very slowly and, and not really taking any sort of complex actions or movements. We'll then move to the lizard folk. It keeps adding to their initiative. Um, to the lizard folk, the one that had got sh uh, hit in the back in the water will let out a yelp turn around and it's going to charge as fast as it can through the water at the Kuatoa that had shot it. Ooh, he's going to get a 21 to hit with his javelin, which is going to be a 1d6 plus 2. Uh, 7 damage he's going to stab that Kuatoa for. The other lizard folk in the water is going to run off to the edge of the shore. It's going to aim its spear at the Kuatoa that was standing on the little piece of rock that juts out into the water pool. He's going to get a 17, so that'll hit. And he hits for six damage against that Kuatoa. And then uh, there's the other two lizard folk that were near Info and Ava. The lizard folk next to Info is going to turn around and attempt to attack the Kuatoa that's near it. He only gets a 13, so that will not hit. And then the one near Ava it's going to level its spear at the at, sorry level its spear at the Kuatoa that had tried to shoot Ava and try to attack them for a 21 to hit and deals only four damage with that strike. All right, now that I'm done playing D and D by myself for four turns, it <laughs> is Whiskey's turn. Well, hail! I don't like these things very much at all. Um. Whiskey, why don't you make an... Well, first of all, Whiskey, let me ask you this. Where did Whiskey learn her magic? How did Whiskey become a wizard? You know, she found this book in the library and just started reading. And then found another and just kept going. And uh, after reading a whole bunch of them, thought, well, you know, this shit doesn't look too hard. I'm going to try it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, followed the directions and, and it all worked. So, So Whiskey's not like a scholar or anything. Just like well, a, a ind an independent researcher. An independent researcher, yes. She, I mean, she works at a university. She's surrounded by books all the time, but she didn't go into it planning to be a wizard. She just found some cool stuff in the books. Oh, but the library was a, a university library. Yes. All right, make an arcana check. That'd be a 21. You are fairly certain this is a wall of force that has been cast, which you understand to be a very high-level spell. Beyond well, your means. Hell. I've read about this sort of shit. It ain't good. Alright, well, you know what? I, I'm going to cast Thunderclap, and I want to cast it between those two, so that they should both get hit by it. So that is a con save of 15. 19 and a 12. 
The 12 fails and takes uh, 12 thunder damage. Okay. And the other one takes nothing? The other one takes... Uh, or half? Uh, nothing. Okay. So yeah, you uh, managed to hit one of them for 12 thunder damage with the thunderclap. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I am actually going to go join my friend Sultan. Because he's bigger than me and I can hide behind him. Okay. All right, so Whiskey uh, runs up to the edge of the shore on this rocky water pool, uh, hiding behind the much taller Sultan, and we move on to Info. Info, what would you want to do? There's a lizard folk right in front of you, and on the other side of that lizard folk are one of these armored Kuatoa. And then there's another Kuatoa about 20 feet behind you near Ava and another lizard folk. Okay. Uh... If I were to cast something with a 60-foot range, it would be able to hit, like, over here where I'm pinging, right? Yes, if you were to cast something with a 60-foot range, you could hit uh, the two Sawagwin, and if you can get line of sight, you can hit the cloaked figure as well. Okay. Well, I don't actually need line of sight for this. I just need to get close enough. Uh, so, what Info's gonna do is uh, Info is going to cast Web and he's gonna put it like right in there where all these guys would be within a 20 foot cube. Okay. And they need to make a dex 15 save. Okay, one of them gets a nine. Uh, the other Salomon gets a six. And the cloaked figure gets a 21. Son of a biscuit. All right. But uh, yeah, a nine and a six. So both of the Salomon get caught up in that web. Does anything happen to the one that's saved? Uh, web fills a 20 foot cube. Difficult terrain and lightly obscure their area. Uh, each creature starts its turn in the webs or that enters them during its turn must make a deck saving throw. Uh, failed save, restrained as long as it remains in the webs or until it breaks free. But nothing affects it if it uh, isn't restrained. So since he didn't fail, unless he tries to like walk through them, I think he will be fine. Okay. Cool. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? Are you going to move or anything? Uh, I already moved a little bit there. Uh, Rodney will actually kind of move over, because I think Rodney should have a little more movement left, because I believe he has the same as me, like 30 feet. Um, oh, he actually has 40 feet movement. Jeez, he's faster than me. Um, all right, so Rodney is going to move over here. We really need a little, like, coffee cup icon or something for him. Um, and he is going to use his force-empowered rend on uh, that uh, rock lobster fish guy. Uh, let's see, and he has a 16 to hit. A 16 to hit. Okay. So... The 16, the 16 will hit. And he's going to do 10 damage. Damn, Rodney. That is pretty good. There we go. Uh, is there anything Ooh. else Info or Rodney needs to do? Uh, no, Rodney's pretty happy that he's, like, clamped down with his tamper thumbs on this guy, so he's pretty pleased with himself. So that's it. We're done. Okay, so then we'll move on to Dr. Shepard. Dr. Shepard, the eye in the sky. Are you flying? I was just about to ask what the light level is in here, because if it is dim light, I am about to be flying. Yeah, it is dim in here as well. Okay. Then uh, now Dr. Shepard uh, takes flight for the second time today. Um, that's a bonus action. I can do that three times a day, so now I can do it one more time. And then what I think I'm going to do is um, I'm actually going to use my channel divinity for the first time ever, I think. And 
Uh, I'm going to be using Twilight Sanctuary. So uh, everybody will see Dr. Shepard start to give off. I guess you wouldn't really see it if it's already dim light because I make a sphere centered around me, a 30-foot radius that is filled with dim light. But if it's already dim light, I guess you <laughs> wouldn't really see it. But uh, the sphere is centered on me. It moves with me, and it lasts for one minute or until I'm dead uh, or incapacitated. And whenever a creature, including me, ends its turn inside of the sphere, they grant uh, are granted 1d6 plus 6 temp HP. So I've been picturing that I'm going to kind of take off, uh, start hovering around, and I'm just going to kind of uh, <laughs> fly around, give some people some temp HP, be kind of a, uh, just a mobile uh, morale booster. How big uh, is that radius? It is the... It's a 30 foot radius uh, filled with dim light. But uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to hover on over this water here. OK, uh, I'm going to kind of hover into like the middle of this main cave uh, with this pretty much non-existent light. But I know it's there and that's all that's important. Um, hold on. Wait, let me make sure I can choose the creatures. And it's not just like whenever a creature Oh, you can grant. Okay, it says if whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. I wanted to make sure, like they did. I wasn't just about to buff all the bad guys too. Right. Um, just to be clear, you're giving them which? What is the advantage you're giving everybody? Uh, I think so. Whenever a creature, including you, ends its turn in the sphere, you can grant that creature one of these benefits. Um, I'm going for the temp HP. Uh, I don't know if that's something I can change. Uh, based on circumstances like round to round, but right now, so this is my action. My bonus action was to fly, so I'm going to be hovering over this uh, lake and uh, get right to the center of this room where uh, I'm going to just end my turn here, making sure I'm scanning the room, making sure I got all my buds. That's all a my buds. Pretty in damn good ability. Right. Well, it's a it's the um, it's a channel di uh, channel divinity, so I can do two a day. But I've never used this before. I mean, this is a pretty badass mental image. Like you have this elithid flying in the middle of this w underwater grotto, like emanating this like weird half dark, half light energy, and just like everyone just suddenly is more healthy because of it. So it's temp HP, and it's a D six plus six since we're level six. So. Uh, I just clicked it to roll my temp HP, and I rolled a two. Uh, I don't know, Jeremy, if you want to just go ahead and just use that for the sake of time so that everybody doesn't have to roll a bunch. Everyone gets so eight. eight. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Which, I mean, I got hit for 11, so I almost, I almost got enough temp HP to cover that at least. But, yeah, that's all I, that's all I got. Big floating... Uh, Mind flare in the middle of the room. That's awesome. Yeah, and I imagine like this energy is like pulsating off you to where like the water's rippling and stuff like beneath you as you're floating and stuff. Like I don't know. In my head, it we seems pretty cool. We can see the glass all scattered across the floor, and I could give it to the lizards too. Okay, lizard folk. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah, they get that as well. All Definitely right, Sultan. More things for me to keep in mind. <laughs> we will go to Solred. So, Red, what would you like to do? Yeah, I'm going to scooch on up. Oop, I still got the ruler tool. Scooch on up here and smash this dude. Uh, let's see. It's a plus seven to hit. One note. It's when a creature ends its turn. So, everybody didn't get it yet. Oh, okay. okay. I just realized that. It's, yeah. Uh, so, that is going to be a 20, no, a 19 to hit. All right, so yeah, you run up and swing at that Kuatoa that's right next to you and the lizard folk on the shore, and 19 will definitely hit. Um, and I can reroll that one. Uh, so that is going to be 13 damage. Okay. Um, and extra attack, I'll do it again. No, I won't, because I rolled a three. That's 10 <laughs> to hit. All right, so the first one hits. The second one, the Kuatoa sidesteps, and... Uh, the hammer just kind of hits the Sweet. wall. And I'll take my 8 temp HP. <laughs> End my turn. 
All right, Ava, what would you like to do? You have okay. Rodney and Info and a lizard folk right by your side, and then this one cybernetic Kuatoa. I would like to hit the cybernetic Kuatoa with my fists. So okay. I'm going to make an unarmed strike. Uh, 13. To hit? Yeah. Uh, that will hit. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that's going to be... Six damage. Okay. And this is the one that was already damaged by Rodney as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I will then, I guess, hit it again. Rarely a so bad tw- idea. A 23 to hit. So I'm assuming that hits. That hits. For nine bludgeoning damage. Nice. And... I'm probably just going to round it out with a third unarmed strike. Just <laughs> keeping it classic. Uh, that's a 13 again. And that's 10 bludgeoning damage. All right. Describe what it looks like as you beat this Kuatoa to death with your hands. <laughs> I think I take I think I think take like a one-two punch with each hand. And then my third unarmed strike is I sort of like Sparta kick it back into the pool. Awesome! Hell yeah, you do. And, yeah, and I've got the water. The water's like pushed out yeah. all the way in that spot, and it lands like ten feet down, right onto the rock. Yeah, it's like a no diving area. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm like no diving, and then I kick him. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking cool too, Jamie. You don't even know. As Ava pummels this thing with her fists just bits of this armor are falling off and breaking off. There's like wire sticking out. And as you deliver that last punch, you'll see the glowing red gem in its chest flicker off to where it is no longer glowing. And it just crashes down into the pool uh, behind it. And it seems that that one is dead. Cool. Seems that. (laughs) Yeah. It looks very dead to you. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's my turn, and, like, obviously, the turn was fine and went well, but just, I wanted to, uh, I don't know if I've ever said this, but my, now that I have my special tattoo, my unarmed strikes count as magical attacks, so I don't know if that will ever come into play, but I just realized I never said that. (laughs) Anyway, non sequitur, but yeah, that's my turn. All right, we will then go to the cloaked figure's turn. The cloak. The cloaked figure is going to move back to where uh, none of you can see it from where you're all presently located, except for maybe Dr. Shepard because uh, of your dark vision and the fact that you're flying. Uh, It does seem like the tunnel that he is backing down into does descend slightly. I do think because of your elevated position right now, though, flying, you actually can see the glow of uh, his cloak at the very least as it backs up into this room and it's going to simply fire a blast of energy out of its hand at the webs to try to destroy them. Uh, 22 to hit. Info, is there an uh, AC on those webs? Uh, Let's see. Can they be dispatched by damage? don't believe so, unless they're burned. The webs are flammable. But it doesn't say uh, anything about like dispersing them. Yeah, it I says think they just any, become flaming webs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it says the webs are flammable. Any five-foot cube of webs exposed to fire burns uh, burns away in one round, dealing 2d4 damage to any creature on the fire. Okay. Well, it but blasts... It like HP. Uh, the creature shoots this blast of energy. It is not a firebolt. It is, an, in fact, an Eldritch Blast. So I think it kind of, maybe it, it makes like a, a, a hole in the webs, but certainly not enough to catch them on fire or disperse them. Um, he's just going to surrender and go, Ha! My minions will finish you. I have work to, f- I have work to do. And he's just going to back up out of the battle into the room. And um, we go on to the Kuatoa's turn. All right, so as this uh, cloaked figure backs up, first of all, Dr. Shepard, he did pull off his hood 
as he was talking and backing up. And you notice this is a Githyanki underneath these clothes. You also notice the room that they backed into is equally filled with multiple pools of water, like the one that you were all in. And you can see that that room is a little bit more brightly lit. And inside the room are at least a couple more of those glass tubes that have the the brain parasites in them. You can't really see too much of the room. Um, You assume it's bigger than what you can see just from the tunnel. That's kind of, you know, in the walls that are blocking your line of sight, but it, he, he does not seem very concerned with all of you. Uh, he seems pretty satisfied that the minions will take care of all of this. And yeah, the Kuatoa's turn. So uh, the Kuatoa that is standing on the little ledge, the outcrop, the little stone outcropping that goes into the pool of water that is closest to Doctor Shepard, is going to shoot at Doctor Shepard. Yeah, I'm a pretty big target, aren't I? Yes, and it's a 14 to hit. Yep, yep. There goes my temp HP, I'm sure. Oh, that hits? Yeah, 14 does. I've got a 13. 14 damage. As you get blasted with this arcane rifle shot. Then a the Kuatoa that was closest to the cloaked figure is going to move a little bit a little bit further forward onto one of the shores of the rock pool. And this one's going to aim its rifle at the lizard folk that is basically just beneath Dr. Shepard for a 21 to hit. And that is going to be 12 damage to the lizard folk. Now, this lizard folk has not yet been attacked. So thankfully, that is not going to be enough to mortally wound it. But it, it did damage it quite substantially. Then we will go to the Kuatoa that is closest to... Soul Red. This Kuatoa is being flanked on both sides. You have Soul Red on one side and the Lizard Folk on the other. It's going to aim its rifle at Soul Red for a 10 to hit. I believe that does not quite do the job. Not even close. <laughs> All right. So it's going to aim at you, but I think it's distracted by the fact that this Lizard Folk is behind it and it seems kind of nervous and it just fires randomly and it just hits the wall right beside you. It's a complete miss. Then we will go to the Kuatoa that is in the water, closer to one of our lizard folk friends. That one's going to fire for a seven. That also misses. And then there are only two more Kuatoa. They are both on the shore, and they are both overlooking this rock pool. One of them is going to fire at Sultan for a five. The other one's going to fire at Sultan for a ten, and both of their shots miss. It is now the Salaguin's turn. Uh, once again, the Sawagwin will advance forward. They do not seem to be like sprinting or running in a savage way. They're just kind of like standing straight up, kind of just wobbling forward. Uh, and they will all come to the edge of the rock pool, leap inside the water, and are attempting to surround the lizard folk that is fighting one of the Kuatoa. Meanwhile, the other two Sawagwin that are caught in the web are going to mindlessly try to move forward out of the web. So they need to make some sort of save, correct? Uh, yeah, they need to make a deck save, I think. Let me double check. Uh, no, strength check against your spell DC. All right, so as they try to break free, yeah, they'll go ahead and make a strength check. And it's only going to be a plus one for each of them, so a four. And a 12. And they needed a 15. All right. So they're going to just start walking forward. And they're just being like held back by these webs. They're not able to get free of them. And now the lizard folk turn. Uh, the lizard folk that is being quickly surrounded by the Sawagwin looks pretty scared. It's going to actually use the disengage action and retreat back toward the shore to be closer to Sultan and Whiskey. The other lizard folk that is flanking one of the Kuatoa with Soul Red is not going to retreat. It is going to attack with advantage. And with advantage, it only gets a 12, which is not enough to hit the cybernetically armored Kuatoa. And then the 
lizard folk that is standing near Ava, Rodney, and Info is going to run forward about, I don't know, 15 feet and attack the Kuatoa that is standing on the little stone outcropping. Because of its positioning, it also gets flanking because there's another lizard folk in the water in front of that Kuatoa. And with advantage, it only gets an eight. Oh, man. <laughs> that brings us to the last <laughs> remaining lizard folk, which is the one that was flanking that same Kuatoa. It will also attack with advantage, and with advantage gets an 11. Dear Jeez. Lord. What are you doing, Jeremy? It Cut seems it like these lizard, uh, lizard folk are quite shaken. They are not used to fighting things that have magic or cybernetic electronic energy armor or whatever the hell is going on here. All right, Whiskey, it's your turn. Right. Well, I am going to do that thunderclap again, but this time I'm going to put it right about here. Come on. And try and get those three fuckers. Okay, yeah, you can cast thunderclap right between two of the Salguin and a Kuatoa. All right. Oh, seriously? Fucking D20. Roll 20. <sighs> oh my goodness. Wow. So they have to make saves still, they but do. a whopping two damage. <laughs> or if they fail, half of that. Ooh, so it could be one. Could be one. It's probably going to be one. <sighs> I thought they don't take anything if they no, fail. No, they don't take anything if they <laughs> okay. fail. Oh, they don't take... Never, <laughs> yeah. never mind, Jeremy. You don't have to it's worry about that two one. Or, two or nothing. Uh, one of the Salguin saves. The other one does not. And... The Kuatoa does not save. So it's a whopping two points of damage. One, one Salguin gets electrocuted for two damage. Or no, it's not even it's electric. Thunder. It's thunder. Yeah. That was 2d6. Yep. So one uh one of the Salguin take two thunder damage. The other, the there are so many things going on. The Kuatoa takes two thunder damage, and the other Salguin is fine. All right, Whiskey, what else? Are you going to move or are you going to stay here I behind Sultan? I am actually going to climb up onto Sultan's back. Okay. Has he had a turn? I was just looking at that, and I don't know where his... Why his thing's not here. <laughs> He's no, been saving up all of his actions for one He's turbo action. You. He's charging his potential laser. energy. Yeah, he's, char he's charging his big bomb that just kills all Kuatoas, Jeremy. Right? Is that what that is? That's is what's that, been is happening. He gonna, yeah. Is he gonna be the Deuce Ex Machina for us? Because right now it's not looking super great. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know, but the good news is it's just gonna be Sultan's turn. So <laughs> I've decided if whiskey is done. <laughs> yep, whiskey's done, and uh, she's riding a Sultan now. So, all right, you are on Sultan's back. Uh, Sultan hardly notices. It is Sultan's turn. Sultan is going to see one of his Lyrifolk warriors retreating and in anger is going to jump down into the water, which he's tall enough that you're not even getting wet at all. Like, you're just fine. You're like three feet above the water still. <laughs> and he's going to lift up that big bladed club and try to smash this Kuatoa on the head. For a 15 to hit, and that will hit. He's going to hit it for 12 damage. Nice. He's like, you don't hurt my friends! And he's going to smash it right on top of the head. Um, he is going to then take an extra attack, because he is a barbarian, though. This is the first time I'm revealing that. Oh my god! 21. Nice. To hit. And uh, 10 like damage. He's a fucking wizard or something. Yes. <laughs> So he's going to swing a second time in a fit of range, in a fit of rage, and bash this thing's skull, and the Kuatoa crumples in the water. Below. Fuck yes. Where have nice. you been, Sultan? I don't know. I was just, I was scared, but then everyone's getting hurt, so I wanted to bash his head in. Good job, friend. All right, now we move on to, to Shepard's turn. I am going to, so I, I just checked and neither my flying nor my cool ass light show are concentration. Um, 
So with that being the case, I'm actually going to not cast a uh, concentration healing spell. Instead, I'm going to um, cast Moonbeam on the Kuatoa that's closest to the um, the hallway that the asshole uh, ran down. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to cast Moonbeam yeah. uh, from the ceiling of this cave right on top of that Kuatoa. So they make just- a constant save and does that just target one creature or does that affect the salgwin that are caught in the web as well mm, it's a it's a five foot radius so okay uh, unless there's unless they're really close together uh it's just one all right it rolled a f- like a literal four plus zero cool uh so it will take the full damage which of course is 15 radiant and that beam's just gonna be uh, coming from the roof of this sea, uh, this cave down onto the saying, and uh, it's gonna remain there. I'm just gonna fucking follow this Kuato until it melts it. All right, you hit uh, it for a 15. And then I'm gonna take my eight temp HP again. Uh, I figure I'll just use that instead of having to roll every time. Okay. Anything else? No, I kind of like staying here right in the middle of the room so everybody's in the aura thing. All right, then we will move on to Ava. Ava, what are you going to do? Um, I'm going to... Th- is there room for me to approach this uh, Kuatoa that's out on this outcrop, like the one that's closest to me? Yeah, you could uh, move up behind it. I think there's room for you there. Sure, yeah, it's already got two lizard on him, but they weren't doing great at hitting it, so I'm going to try my hand and just try and just another three unarmed strikes because it worked on the last guy. So let's see, that's a 21 to hit for nine bludgeoning damage. Okay. And the second one is, ooh, a 27 to hit (laughs) for... How much damage? Scary thing is that wasn't even crit damage, so you I know, know it wasn't get higher. Um, <laughs> I know it's eight, ele- yeah. eleven, uh, eleven damage for that, and then the third one is going to be uh, twenty-two to hit for eleven bludgeoning damage. All right, you also beat this one to death with your hands. <laughs> you love to see it. Um, I think I'm going to do the exact same thing I did last time. I'm going to do like one punch, second punch, Sparta kick it into the water, like probably try to get it on top of the other one. And I'm going to say, I said no diving. Just like, because I don't know if Ava has like a lot of jokes in her. So (laughs) I think it's even better the second time. (laughs) Yeah, maybe someone didn't hear the first time. You don't know. Yeah, Shepard laughs even harder the second time. Well, clearly they didn't hear it because they did it again. Yeah, it's true. Earth and water. You'll find plenty of both in there. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you uh, kill this. And just like the last one, that like third hit, the kick, you see the light, the little glowing red light go out <laughs> from the uh, impact of the kick. And it just goes flying backwards into the water. Dead. Cool. All right. Soul red. <laughs> What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm you gonna, have your own Kuatoa to yeah, fight. I'm going to try and smash it again. Um, the first one is only a 10 to hit, but the second one is a dirty 20. Okay, that'll do it. Um, that's going to be 13 bludgeoning damage. 13. Okay, what does it look like as you beat this one to death? Yeah, I think since we're just kind of apparently tossing them all into the water, I think that <laughs> she'll... <laughs> Uh, she'll kind of do her, uh, I think what's becoming kind of her signature move, baseball swing with the mall and just kind of knock it into the water. Okay. <laughs> you also she- say like, she said no diving. <laughs> 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 Everybody just keep saying that. It doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I feel like before... <laughs> I feel like before she like hit it, she probably just like you know, like when people like point out to like the outfield, like they're gonna hit a home run. 
She like points to the spot where the other two are piled up. And she winds up the swing, and she like just launches them into the pile, and then looks at Ava. <laughs> oh man! All right. At this point, there are three of the Salaguin left. There, well, there's three of the Salaguin that are in the water. There's the two Salaguin that are caught in the web, and then there are three of the cybernetic Kuotoa left. One of them has taken 15 damage, and the other two are entirely unscathed. I will also mention there are other Salaguin just standing beyond the edge of the pool in this other room that you haven't ventured into, but like they are just like staring at the wall, essentially. It's like as if they haven't been alerted however they work they are just not involved in this contact and it's rather involved in this combat they're just like standing there like statues um but we will go to the cloaked figures turn so i will say the cloaked figure is currently uh well dr shepherd you'll see the cloaked figure moving around in the back room area but it is going to walk to the left go behind uh the wall and you're just unable to see what it is working on. And onto the Kuatoa. All right. The Kuatoa that is closest to everybody that's standing about 10 feet in front of the two Sawagwin that are caught in the web is going to march right up behind Ava. It's going to get like basically five feet away and it's going to fire at you from behind. It didn't start its turn in a moonbeam. It did. Started. So does it, it takes damage, right? Oh, does oh, maybe five <laughs> e moonbeam. Uh, I forget what triggers it. I think it's when it first goes down, and then I think you're right. I think it's when it, when a creature enters the spell's area for the first time or starts its turn there. Good call. Uh, so it will still get to make a con saving throw. Okay. Or it will take uh, seventeen. Uh, so that will save, so it will take half of this, which is 17. So, so half of 17, so uh, nine. Yeah, rounded down, I think, isn't it? I thought it's rounded up in the attacker's favor. I, I mean, I'll take right, it. Nine in, damage. This, in this circumstance, I will take it. I imagine this moonbeam looking like uh, like Renala of the moon from Elden Ring, like that just like fires that like hyper beam, essentially, just like... Yeah, it, it it really does. I've always pictured Moonbeam uh, just from playing WoW. I've always pictured him like just straight beams of purple radiant energy. But I feel like uh, Dr. Shepard's really would be like very concentrated starlight or moonlight uh, in a very concentrated beam coming down. Is it safe to say you're firing your laser? Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. No, I mean, it no. still looks like a laser. Yeah. Okay. Shep de whoop. Is that anything? Is this a Shep de whoop? Know. Yeah. It's close. Shipped a <laughs> Oh, God. I think it's joke adjacent. I mean, it it's could, getting there. It We've got to workshop it a little. If Adam can give us a very charismatic Shepta Whoop, then it, it could be anything he wants. I, guys, I don't know what the fuck a Shepta Whoop is. So I don't even... <laughs> What's it from? What's it supposed to be? It's like, a, it's like an ancient meme. <laughs> it's like the early internet. <laughs> In the olden days. <laughs> That were ancient memes. I didn't know if you meant ancient meme like Egyptians scrawled these memes all over pyramids and shit, or like that's you know, where it came from. Actually, it's on the oh, like. pyramid of Giza. It's just the shoot the whoop right on the, right there on the side. God damn it! I don't know how you write shoot the whoop in hieroglyphics, but uh, it is. Yeah, it is that Kuuto's turn. It did take the the uh, nine damage. It is still standing, and it is going to still move up behind Ava, and it is going to still fire it. Okay. For four natural one. Okay, well that doesn't hit. Um, as I've inflicted upon you all in the past, and as anyone that's played D anD D with me knows, when natural ones are rolled, I like to see how badly it was rolled, how bad the failure was, and then respond accordingly. So out of a 100, it's 78% bad. So I uh, I don't think that's bad enough 
to do much more than miss, but sometimes uh, I make it more interesting than that. But yeah, this thing is going to try to fire at you and it's going to miss. I think maybe it's being blinded by that moonbeam and it's not able to uh, hit accurately enough. The other two Kuotoa that are standing on the edge of the water pool are going to once again train their rifles on Sultan. Excuse me, on Sultan. So uh, one of them rolls a 22 and the other one gets a 21. So both of them are going to hit Sultan. This could be bad. I swear if Sultan dies. Sultan hey, gets don't hit. forget Sultan's eight temp HP. Sultan gets hit for a total of 19 damage between both of their shots. So after the temp AP, uh, Sultan takes 11 damage. I mean, he's a barbarian, right? He's probably got like 200 <laughs> HP, 250. Uh, he's a lizard folk barbarian. Um, ballpark. Ballpark. <laughs> so he's not dead. Sultan's not dead. And we're going to move on to the brain dead Sawaguin. They're going to just wander through the water and they're going to surround Sultan. They're going to. Uh, basically have a triangle formation around Sultan and they're going to start attacking him with their spears. So that is going to be a plus. All right. So all three of them attack. One of them gets an 18. The other two get a 10 and a six. So those miss the 18 will hit. And that is going to not be too much damage. The one D six plus two or no one D six plus three. Uh, seven damage. So now Sultan's going to get stabbed with one of these spears. Which means 18 damage has been taken by Sultan after the temporary HP ran out. Go ahead and write that down. There we go. And uh, we move to the lizard folk's turn. So the lizard folk are in the water. They're going to wade through the pool to help defend their commander sultan uh the two lizard folk that are in the water are going to attack the nearest sawagwin one of them only rolls a three and the other one rolls a seven these lizard folk suck the other lizard folk that is standing next to ava is going to spin around and attack this kuatoa that is directly behind them this one that has taken a substantial amount of moonbeam damage and it is not flanking, unfortunately. Rodney is too far away. And it only rolls an eight to hit. Ugh. Not great. There is one more lizard folk Jeez. that is involved in the conflict, and it is standing near a soul red. It is going to run past soul red and uh, get closer, but is not quite able to get all the way into the fray as it's too far away. So it's about... Uh, 10 feet away from where the three Sawaguin are attacking Sultan. Info, what would you like to do? Info is gonna kind of walk over to this nearest guy, and Rodney's gonna come up along with him here. And Info, as he's walking, he's gonna use his bonus action to whip out his arm lands. And he's just gonna look at the dude and be like, fine, I'll do it myself. And then just uh, from about five feet away since he has a ten foot reach he's just gonna attack a couple times into the armored fish guy so all right yeah you can attack that nearest kuatoa and this is the one that has taken substantial 16 to hit for the first attack that that does 12 damage Damn. all right 12 what does it look like as you kill it with your arm blade lance i he just like stabs him right through the chest and then the thing just kind of like looks down and then Info just kind of like flicks it with his arm into the water and then looks around and goes, uh, no diving. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) It sounded really good, Info. You cut this thing with your arm blade lance and fling it into the water. And after you kill that Kuatoa, that is where we will end this episode of Eclipse.
Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.